BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary. And every week we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is the Bill Press Show live at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. In the State of the Union, Donald Trump said, you better not investigate me. Democrats called his bluff yesterday, announcing a whole series of new investigations. Good for them. And hello, everybody. On a Thursday, wow, February 7. How about it? Great to see you today. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, welcome back here. To the Bill Press Show, your source for all the news of the day uh, from a progressive point of view, our progressive take on the news of the day, uh, with what's going on here in Washington, D.C., all across the country and around the globe. We'll tell you what's going on, and uh, you tell us what you think about it. That's the way it works. Good to see you today. With lots to talk about continued chaos, political chaos, among Democrats in Virginia. God knows how it's going to resolve itself. Yes, House investigations announced yesterday, Adam Schiff, chair of the Intelligence Committee, announcing wide-ranging investigations into, yes, more about uh, whether and how Russia meddled in the 2016 election and what the impact of that was. But not only that, looking into the financial ties, and they are long and deep, financial ties between Donald Trump and Saudi Arabia and Russia, and how that might impact American foreign policy. Wow. Good job, Adam Schiff. Off to a good start. We're off to a good start with all of you. Look forward to hearing from you on the news of the day at BP Show, and we will get into it from top to bottom First, this is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Let's go to Hawaii. All right. right. I love going to Hawaii. Just for this story, we're not going to actually go to Hawaii, but there is a new bill that was proposed by Democrat Richard Cregan. He is a former emergency room physician, and he put forward this bill that wants to raise the legal smoking age of cigarettes in Hawaii. He wants to raise the age 
to 100 years old that would effectively ban cigarettes for the vast majority of people in the States. Uh, just a couple of things here. Chewing tobacco and cigars and e-cigarettes are not included in the bill. This is just for good old-fashioned uh, tobacco uh, cigarettes. Yeah, but, uh, you know, think of it this way. It gives you something to look forward to. That's right. There's a, who, who, I forgot where it was. It's like, you know, once you get to a certain age, you'd be crazy if you weren't doing drugs. You know, like if you're young and you're doing drugs, that's not a good idea. But if you get to a certain age, you should probably be doing drugs. My grandmother, God love her, lived to 103 and smoked until the day she died. Yeah. yeah Camels, unfiltered. <laughs> Jesus. Tough stuff. Yeah, that is tough stuff. Hey, let's also, uh, let's go to San Francisco. Good grief. You see the fire in San Francisco? Oh, my God. This is no joke. It was a gas explosion yeah. in uh, San Francisco yesterday. It has burned five buildings. <laughs> there were some utility crews that were stuck, actually, in the area of the fire. They have all been uh, rescued. Everybody is okay as of now. Uh, it was a construction crew that cut a gas line. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Uh, the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, talked about this yesterday. The good news is that no one was injured or hurt thanks to the quick response that happened with the San Francisco Fire Department and the San Francisco Police Department. Again, this was a really big fire. They oh, had to those evacuate. flames shot way, way up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was really, really big. They had to evacuate several uh, different <laughs> buildings that were nearby, including there was a medical clinic that was nearby. They had to get everybody out of there. Uh, and it was a pretty busy area, busy, pretty busy part of town. Yes, down near, um, down near, uh, off Lombard, off the, uh, on the way to the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow. So, okay, well, there you go. So yeah. part of North they, Beach. They, yeah, they also said it was a big hangout for uh, students at the University of San Francisco. So uh, it, everybody's okay. Everybody's fine. It looks like they've got it all under control now, but it was a pretty scary afternoon there in San Francisco. This is the Bill Press Show. Yes, Donald Trump says you better not investigate me. And the Democrats yesterday said, oh, yeah, here we come. Ready or not. Hello, everybody. Here we go. The Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us. It's Thursday. How about it? Thursday, February 7. You're looking good today. It's good to see you. And thank you for uh, joining us. As always, for the next two hours, we will uh, race through the headlines of the day uh, on every front, whether it's uh, Virginia or Washington, D.C., anywhere else around the country and around the globe. And looking at the globe and the NASA's warning yesterday about global warming, so much to get into today, so much to talk about. That's why it's good to have you with us, uh, and we appreciate you're, you're tuning in here on the Bill Press Show. However you join us online, on the radio, or on television, welcome, welcome, welcome to the program. Online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. On television, on Free Speech TV, and on the radio statewide in Indiana, Indiana Talks. And uh, Chicago, here we go, Chicago, and the, all of, uh, around Chicago on the great WCPT. And, of course, today is, uh, we know, actually, I almost didn't make it today because uh, today is the day of the National Prayer Breakfast. And, uh, you know, 
how much I like the National Prayer Breakfast. Well, it's your favorite time of year, Bill. I used to be invited. They finally stopped inviting me because <laughs> I would refuse to go. I think it is the biggest, next to the State of the Union, it may be the biggest sham and and. Uh, annual sham in Washington and Washington policy. Particularly this one offends me because uh, these people who are um, uh, basically Christian hypocrites uh, wear their religion on their sleeve and they proudly go up there and tell how much they love God and how good they are and how we all have to pray together and then they go out and leave there and then they go back into the most unchristian things possible as legislators or members of Congress or President of the United States. Uh, to me, it's just a wash, a wash with hypocrisy, the very kind of religious hypocrisy that Jesus um, talked about a lot and condemned a lot. But it's, it'll be on full display today, both Republicans and Democrats, at the uh, Washington Hilton with uh, Donald Trump, the hypocrite in charge. Uh, so, Peter or Ray, anytime you guys want to leave early to go up to the prayer breakfast, I understand. Yeah, I mean, okay, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention. I know how important it is. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. So. <laughs> Not Cyprian. He's got to stay here. Yeah, someone's got to. I mean, someone's got to stay here. Plus, oh, no. he, I mean, look, he's a heathen. So, like, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm well, kidding, of course. Of course. Now, uh, but before we get into all the breaking news of the day, I got to tell you, the best story to, of the day for me today is. I saw, so we know there was a shutdown. We have not forgotten a shutdown, okay? Donald Trump forgot trying to forget the shutdown. He didn't even mention it in the State of the Union at all, even though he caused it, and he caused a lot of suffering, pain and suffering on the part of a million federal employees and their families. But we haven't forgotten the shutdown, and we remember how it ended. It ended one day when finally, finally, uh... It looked like air traffic in this country could come to a standstill, starting at one airport, LaGuardia Airport, when there were so many air traffic controllers that did not come to work that day that they had to shut down some runways and uh, delay traffic uh, for a long time. And then the White House said, oh, my God, this is going to go bounce from airport to airport. We can't let this happen. Let's end the shutdown for three weeks, right? And you, you'll remember, we talked a lot about this, and I kept saying, here's the way, for weeks before, here's the way to end the shutdown. TSA, stay home, have a sick day. Air traffic controllers, have a sick day. Uh, the head of the uh, flight attendants union, who was Sarah Nelson, who was in studio with us, she was calling for a one-day sick out on the, to shut down air traffic in the country uh, on the part of the pilots, the flight attendants, the air traffic controllers, uh, and the um, and the TSA screeners. So, do you know how many it took to to shut down the shutdown? I hadn't seen this number before. Ten. Ten. The entire country. Ten. That day, there were ten air traffic controllers who got together and decided that they were going to be sick that day at LaGuardia Airport. That's all it took. You know what that tells me? Power to the people. Power to the federal workers. You got the power. Use it. And if he dares, which, by the way, he could very well, he, Donald Trump, could very well take us into another shutdown. 
over kicking and screaming um, the members of Congress, both Republicans and Democrats. But he could very well do this to get his stupid wall. If he does that, you have the power, federal workers, TSA particularly, air traffic controllers particularly. Let's say there were 10 in, at every major airport. Bring this country to its knees. So <clears throat> I guess good for you. And it just shows how few it takes to make a great big difference. Good for TSA. Good for the air traffic controllers. And bad for Virginia. Oh, my God. Uh, by, by the way, one, one final note on the shutdown. So um, Mike Pence, the morning after the State of the Union, uh, appeared uh, on CBS Morning News with uh, Jeff Glor, who, who um, uh, the anchor, of course, of the e- CBS Evening News. Uh, and Jeff asked him, so do you think the shutdown, the question was, do you think the shutdown was a mistake? Because it certainly backfired. Do you think it was a mistake? I never think it's a mistake. Why? To stand up for what you believe in. And I I think what the American people admire most about this president is he says what he means and he means what he says. Oh, God. Drivel. What a sycophant. Pure drivel. Pure, pure ass kissing on the part of my, you know, uh, Donald Trump did consider some other people for vice president. But in terms of a total, total suck-up, he got exactly the person he wanted. Yeah, I think exactly. that's right. Exactly. Well, it's so yeah. it's so funny because yeah. you, you look at them, and politically, they're completely two different sides of the aisle. I yeah. mean, you talk about a heathen. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump, I think, embodies that, whereas Mike Pence is, uh, you know, the guy would go to church uh, eight days a week if he could. Yeah. I mean, you talk about, like, this prayer breakfast. Oh, Mike my Pence, God. Mike Pence belongs. This is his Super Bowl. As a phony. Sure. You know, uh, brag about how good I am, Christian. Yeah. And Donald Trump, the biggest sinner of all time, right? right. Or one of, right? Who never prayed a day in his life. Yeah. Right? But right then, a long time. But, but, but then but you, look at, you look at how he praises Trump and talks mm-hmm. about a good, what a good job and all that. Like, it kind of makes sense now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I started to say, Virginia, uh, you know, it is so, what total chaos in Virginia. I saw a headline this morning, the bonfire of the Democrats. Uh, yeah, that kind of sums it up because it started. Hey, by the way, this is less than a week ago. It started last Friday, and all of this has tumbled down in that time. started last Friday with the release of the yearbook page by Ralph Northam, uh, where there are two people, two men, one in blackface, one in a KKK outfit. Uh, Northam, of course, said, oh, I'm not sure which one is me. The next day he said, neither one is me, but I did wear blackface and a, uh, a shoe polish in, in the Michael Jackson dance contest. Everybody, everybody, every elected official, in a Democratic elected official in Virginia uh, and around the country, basically, has called on Ralph Northam to resign. He has refused to do so. He is still the governor of Virginia. He now says he may even leave the Democratic Party because it left him and he and become an independent. He's talked about hiring private investigators to prove that was not him, even though he admits that he did blackface in the Michael. So he's hanging in there. God knows what's going to happen there. Um, and then we had the everybody thought, and I wrote a column about this. Well, you don't have to feel too sorry for Virginia because you got this great guy, Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor, who will just step right in, and so we'll be okay. Well, then it comes out Justin Fairfax has. 
a very serious sexual assault charge against him uh, and the details of that incident in a hotel room uh, in Boston back in 2004 uh, were released yesterday by um, Ms. Tyson, his accuser. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got you've to take her seriously. And, and, and it's, look, it's hard for her to prove. It's hard for him to disprove. But it's a serious allegation. You know, the, the, the uh, story, when it first came out, um, I think we were maybe a little, I wouldn't say dismissive of it, but we were sort of waiting to see what else happened in it because it was published by a right-wing very website. right-wing Trumpist website yeah. and it, it, it didn't have a ton of credibility at the time. Well, now I, I think you have to say that this allegation does have some serious credibility. She's put forward. She's talked yeah. about it. She's put her name on the allegation. And he could be, not yet, but he could be the subject of a criminal lawsuit filed by her uh, of sexual assault. That's the lieutenant governor. Uh, so then we thought, well, you know, worse comes to worse. We still got the attorney general. He's a Democrat, Mark Herring. So we'll be okay. He's a good, We just keep on going down the line. <laughs> uh, pardon me. He's a good guy. And now, pardon me, as you know, Mark Herring yesterday admit. I must, I must say, give him credit, he did this a lot better than Ralph Northam did. He's the one who, by the way, he had called on Northam to resign, knowing that he had done this. But nonetheless, he knew it would come out. Before it came out, he called the Black Caucus into his office and said, I've got to tell you something. Back when I was a college kid, 19, uh, me and my friends went to uh, some costume. It's the costume events that keep getting these people in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they went as rappers, and they did, went in blackface. And he admitted that and said how embarrassed he was, and how at himself, and how sorry he was. And this is I wanted you to know at first, um, but but there's that now, uh, and so that's they're the top three elected officials in Virginia. They are all Democrats. They are all in trouble. And then the one who would take over if all three of them somehow went or left office or resigned would be the Speaker of the House who happened, forget his name, he happens to be a Republican and he's a Republican only by one vote. And he's a Republican because the Republicans won the House by one vote because it was a tie, if you remember, a tie for that one legislative seat and they put two names in a ceramic bowl and somebody pulled one name out of the bowl and it happened to be the Republican. So from top to bottom, this whole thing is so effed up. Yeah. You know, it totally is. And I don't know how they're going to get out of it. Um, I do still believe that Ralph Northam should resign. Uh, I think you have to almost take them one by one independently. But to me, it's clear that Ralph Northam cannot govern effectively uh, and that he ought to do the right thing as, again, every elect, every Democratic elected official in Virginia has called on him to do. Uh, but in a perverse kind of way, as Jake Tapper pointed out yesterday, the fact that there are now all three with some ethical problem uh, could help all three. I wonder if in some weird and bizarre way, the fact that all three of them are involved in scandals almost helps them keep office because why would this guy resign and not that guy? Why would that guy resign and not that guy? And the one who ultimately uh, would take their job if all three uh, had to resign is the Republican uh, Speaker of the state legislature. 
So who knows how it's going to sort itself out. I, again, I would hope Northam would do the right thing. That would be a good start. Uh, and <coughs> Pardon me, and step down. Um, it's, it's One of the reasons it's so critical is because the Democrats, have, having now won every statewide office, have an excellent chance this year. Virginia has these weird election cycles that don't match the rest of the country. They're, the off years are the on years for Virginia. This is an off year for the, everybody else, an on year for Virginia with uh, legislative um, contest uh, elections being held this year where the Democrats have an excellent chance of getting control of both houses of the legislature, or at least, let's say, did, they did. until a week ago. And now... And those races are underway. Those people have filed. Those campaigns have started. Now everything is topsy-turvy until this whole thing sorts itself out. So stay tuned, right? Let's just say this. Uh, As you mentioned, this started on on Friday of last week. Uh, Happy Black History Month uh, in Virginia. It's off to a not great start. Uh, By the way, yes. And this is, you know, Virginia is where slavery started in this country. I mean, there is, that was four hundred years ago this year. Uh, and so you can see how we haven't come that far from Jim Crow when you see these things pop up. That's just shocking. It really is. Uh, so Virginia's been dealing with this for now 400 years. Uh, a sobering note also yesterday from NASA. Unbelie- I mean, again, we've got a, a climate denier as president of the United States and his entire administration doing everything they can to reverse all the progress made on climate change under President Obama. Uh, Very, very dangerous for this country, very dangerous for the planet, very dangerous for humankind. How dangerous uh, came, uh, word of that came yesterday from NASA, uh, really basically saying that everything Donald Trump says is a big lie when when he denies climate change. Uh, NASA pointing out, that the last four years have been the hottest four years in recorded history, and also that the last, the hottest 20 years uh, measured have been among the last 20, most recent 22 years. I mean, there is just no doubt about it. Climate change is real. It is happening now. We're already suffering the effects of it. It is man-made, and if we don't get our act together, we are in the process of destroying this great planet that we live on. Um, That warning came from NASA yesterday. Uh, Not coincidentally, it was the same day that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts introduced something that we've been waiting for a long time. We've heard about it. They're working on it. Uh, It's finally ready. They released it. They're releasing it today, the day after NASA's warning, and I'm talking about the legislation that they call the Green New Deal. Uh, And this, I I think that's a very, very exciting concept. What they're saying is, you know, let's do FDR all over again, creating millions of jobs around the country. Let's do it this time in renewable energy, solar and wind, and more uh, energy efficiency and conservation, and put America back to work again and clean up our energy, clean up our air, and save the planet all at the same time. Uh, they, By the way, California has already accepted and already moved uh, under Governor Jerry Brown. 
in this direction, and this is kind of the rest of the country, as often happens, catching up with California, uh, but their goal is 100% of the power demand in the United States will be met by clean, renewable, and zero-emission energy sources. Just to give you, do you talk about, you know, um, and we've said this before sometimes that we're lacking some big new ideas to really get people excited about American politics. This is a great, big, bold new idea for sure. Um, you know, the, the, the big, bold idea uh, with Bernie Sanders was Medicare for all uh, in the 2016 campaign. I think this is going to be the big, bold new idea Democrats are, in addition to Medicare for all, that Democrats are going to be running on uh, in 2020. Let me just give you, a, here, here, here are some of the things. I haven't seen the actual written legislation uh, but from the um, press reports this morning, um, there, the Green New Deal includes upgrading all existing buildings in the country for energy efficiency. All existing buildings, energy efficiency. Working with farmers to eliminate pollution and greenhouse gas emissions from farms. Overhauling transportation systems to reduce emissions. That means new, of course, electric cars putting changing stations everywhere, expanding high-speed rail, and on and on, including also this, a guaranteed job with a family-sustaining wage, adequate family and medical leave, paid vacations, and retirement security for every American. So it's not just the environment, it's the economy as well. They're tying together again in a Green New Deal and finally, high-quality health care for all Americans. Uh, freshman member of Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's stunning that a freshman member of Congress uh, would come up with the biggest and boldest piece of legislation we've seen in decades uh, in the Congress. Good for her and good for Ed Markey. Uh, great, great record in, as a... Uh, an environmentalist and uh, one working on climate change for a long time as a member of Congress, now as the uh, junior senator from Massachusetts leading the way as well. So keep your eye on this Green New Deal. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. It won't happen while Donald Trump's in the White House, but um, this is a this is a great proposal and I think uh, very, very exciting. Visibility is a big part of these pieces of legislation, even though you know that Donald yeah, Trump isn't yeah. going to sign it. No, and it takes uh, a... It exposing ta- it and getting it, people... It, yeah. It takes a while yeah. to get this, and it's not going to come all at once. It's going to come in pieces, That's right. boom, 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 and they'll patch it all together. Uh, the other big announcement yesterday, and boy, it has Donald Trump tweeting this morning, uh, is that uh, Adam Schiff... Well, let's let's back up a little bit and, and go to Shep Smith from Fox News, who pointed out there's one thing that the president really got wrong in the State of the Union when he just said— Just one thing? Just, yeah, just, <laughs> just one the thing. one thing. One big thing. When Among the many things that Donald Trump got wrong in the State of the Union is the idea that um, we can't move forward if we have any uh, what he called ridiculous partisan investigations. Well, Shep Smith from Fox News points out, that's nonsense. The president calling uh, also criticizing— ridiculous partisan investigations. If there is going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war and investigation. That's factually incorrect. 
Those two things can coexist. And today, the House Intelligence Chairman, Democrat Adam Schiff of California, announced his plans for investigating President Trump. Yes, and Adam Schiff's plans include uh, looking again at the uh, Russian meddling in the 2016 election and its impact, and also, uh, and significantly, uh, looking at the financial ties of the Donald Trump and the Trump business and the Trump family, long-standing financial ties with Saudi Arabia and Russia, and whether or not they have influenced, those ties have influenced uh, American foreign policy. And, boy, they go back like some 30 years. This is a whole unexplored area uh, that a lot of people think explains why Donald Trump is so buddy-buddy with Vladimir Putin today and why he still hasn't condemned Mohammed bin Salman for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. So um, the president was asked yesterday, so what do you think about these? Um, and and it, is, it, it is remarkable that, remember, the president did say that. You cannot do this. You can't have any investigations. And the Democrats said, uh, oh, yeah? Watch this. Uh, so the president was asked, what do you think about these investigations? He has no basis to do that. He's just a political hack oh. who's trying to build a name for himself. Yeah. Oh, political hack. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes on to say, you know what this is? Uh, there would be no reason to do that. No other politician has to go through that. It's called presidential harassment, and uh, it's unfortunate, and it really does hurt our country. Uh, no, it's called the Constitution of the United States, Article 1, which gives Congress not the authority to, but the mandate to conduct oversight investigations and make sure that the government uh, agencies are doing their job and that there's no corruption or that, or that public funds are being well spent. Uh, Donald Trump, again, he's tweeting this morning uh, about this. Um, he's uh, Obviously, he's very upset about this. He says, quote, the Dems and their committees are going nuts. The Republicans never did this to President Obama. Come on. How dumb does he think we are? How short does he think our memories are? How many hearings did they have on Benghazi? Right? I mean, forget about Hillary's emails. Well, not forget about them, but that's probably, there were probably 15 hearings there. At least. I bet they had 25 on Benghazi, right? Yeah. What do you mean they never had the Republicans? The Republicans went crazy on their hearings. They, they, they set up special committees just to investigate the Obama administration. Remember Tra- Troy, what was the guy from? Trey Sa- Gowdy. Trey Gowdy, right? Daryl Issa, Devin Nunez, right? They were all let loose to do nothing but hold countless investigations on Barack Obama, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, National Security Advisor Susan Rice. They were down the list. Look, it was a a witch hunt. Donald Trump is absolutely right. The Republican House never took a look at at Barack Obama's financial ties to Russia. That's true. Okay? So let's give the president a little bit of credit, Bill. Yeah, I got Right. (laughs) I do have to say that. (laughs) You're right on that point. Because there weren't any. any. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, my God. Uh, We got so much to talk about. And by the way, so now that's what the House is up to. And and there are other items on the uh, House agenda. Uh, and I, um, so we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, 
Uh, very honored to welcome to the studio a man, I have to tell you, deserves the title of the smartest man in the United States Congress, the smartest member of the House of Representatives, joins us next. And I'll tell you why when he gets here. Congressman Earl Blumenauer from Oregon's 3rd Congressional District, joining us next here on The Bill Press Show. Give us a quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, you bet it is. The Bill Press Show here, coming to you live from Washington, D.C. on a Thursday. Thursday, February 7. Good to see you today. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good to have you on board uh, The Bill Press Show. With all the news of the day from our studio in Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., And we're brought to you today by the International Association of Firefighters, wherever you are in this great land of ours. We know you appreciate the great work of the men and women of our firefighting departments, all under the leadership of President Harold Schaatberger. They are on the front lines protecting American families every single day. When you see them roll by on the way to a fire, just give them a nice shout out and a wave and thank them for their good work as we thank them for their support of the program. Uh, We mentioned our studio right here on uh, Capitol Hill, uh, where we're able to, uh, every once in a while, just snag a member of Congress on the way to work, right? You know, we keep our windows open and keep our eye out. And we're lucky enough today uh, to welcome uh, from Oregon's 3rd Congressional District, our good friend, Congressman Earl Blumenauer. Congressman, great to see you. Likewise, Bill. Good to see you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming in. Representing one of the world's greatest cities, Portland, Oregon. I love it. Love it. And... Uh, it keeps getting better and better. You know? We want you to, to stop by a little longer on your way I, to central Oregon. I know. I, I spend more time in Bend, Oregon these days because that's where we have a son and yeah, daughter-in-law right. and two wonderful grandsons. But, yeah. uh, but you know, the uh, former first lady is going to be in Portland this weekend, Michelle Obama, for part of her book tour. Yep. Right? I'm sure. A lot of excitement. She'll have a huge crowd there. Huge crowd. Lots of fans. Yeah, absolutely. Congressman, I have to ask if you've ever done a cameo on Portlandia, the TV show. Uh. No, No, but my bike pins have. Oh, Uh, nice. uh, Well, we've uh, spent some time uh, around uh, the filming, um, Uh uh, but they stayed away from politicians to their credit, uh, although they uh, had uh, some... uh, uh, they had a, a former Portland mayor who did uh, cameos on there, a guy named Sam Adams. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but oh, it was I just great Adams, to, yeah. to watch him uh, show up and and watch the filming. Uh, it was uh, really uh, When you delightful. go to a set like that, it's amazing how many people there are. You know, the gaffers and, the, I mean, yeah. oh, it's, it's just. But they, but they take over. It takes a village. <laughs> yeah, but they take over uh, an actual shop or a home. Mm-hmm. One, at one point, they were filming in a home uh, down the street from where I live, and it's uh, uh, it is quite a production. Great people, uh, and it gave a picture of what Portland really's like. Oh, <laughs> there you go. When, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we jump into some more news of the day, we've been at it for about a half an hour, and we always give our uh, listeners and viewers a chance to sound off, Congressman, here. Peter? Yes, indeed. Lots of comments on Twitter, at BP Show, at BP Show. Lots of comments about the situation in Virginia this morning. 
Uh, Holly says, considering how problematic male candidates and politicians are, let's just elect women, especially women of color. And Amen. That's an idea Amen. I could get behind. Uh, Phil says, to tell you the truth, I don't think that the blackface issue will hurt the Democrats that much. It's not like the Republicans are clean when it comes to racism. Fairfax's problems seem to be more serious, but I bet Northam and especially Herring can write it out. Uh, we talked about the new report from NASA and all of the climate change and the Green New Deal and lots of uh, news on that front. KG says, uh, we are not destroying the planet. We are just making it uninhabitable for humans and animals. <laughs> yeah. Mother Earth will prevail, but we might, but might there not. there may not be anybody on it, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. If you have a comment on any topic at any time, you can find us on Twitter, at BP Show. Just a reminder that we are on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash thebillpress press show subscribe there so you get our videos and there's a chat room that runs all throughout the, the program all righty uh peter thank you so congressman i i introduced you as the smartest man in congress uh for one particular reason which is uh, many reasons of course but one particular reason which is you had the good sense not to show up for the state of the union why well uh, it's it's turned into a shameful display to give a platform to a serial liar, somebody who willfully shut down the federal government with a tantrum, uh, who uh, actually I published what I thought his speech should be. Uh, I, uh, I, I read part of it on the air, by the I, way. I, yes. I, I just um, was not going to dignify it with my presence uh, and also to endure it. Um, this is uh, something that uh, I think it may be time to reconsider the ritual that uh, people go through because it's just a great big photo op um, uh, and it has degenerated uh, under Trump. I mean, it was in, uh, I, I checked the New York Times about 15 minutes into his speech. They'd already identified about a dozen lies that he had said. And this is a speech that has been uh, uh, written, extensively word-crafted, teleprompted, and mm -hmm. it still has demonstrable <laughs> right. falsehoods. Um, and this is the guy who uh, was picking a fight with his own security team and denying what they said on television and the transcript. I mean, it's, it is just bizarre, and I refuse to participate. But, uh, you know, I think uh, starting with Ronald Reagan... Uh, but Democrats have done it as well, that you're right, that, 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 that the speech, the State of the Union, which is supposed to be a report to the nation, has devolved into a partisan political rally, right? It's, I mean, it's, it was, it's, it's, Tuesday night was a MAGA rally. It's a to in, me. It's a infomercial. Uh, <laughs> they have, um, I, would, I would say that the speech is presented by President Obama, um, Bill Clinton, the interminable, but they mm -hmm. were interesting, and there was yeah. <laughs> some substance and some direction. Right. Uh, but uh, this is just to a new low. Uh, Alexandra Petri, who uh, is yeah. a pundit uh, in the Washington Post. Washington Post on Saturdays, uh, had uh, just inviscerated uh, Trump and the ritual. Uh, people ought to Google uh, Petri and the State of the Union. She got it right. Yeah, uh, I'm interviewing her uh, later this oh. month at the uh, the Hill Center right over here on on. Uh, oh, good she's for a, you, lucky yeah. guy. No, yeah, she's she was a, just on the show last week, actually, on this past Friday. Yeah, she's great. 
She was on my show, and I wasn't here. You weren't here, here buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, she is great. Very, very lucky to, 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 to be able to book her at the, yeah. at the Hill Center for an event. Um, so the one thing that the president said, um, and um, we'll let our friend from Shep Smith from Fox News, the one voice of reason on Fox News, believe it or not, in the afternoons, uh, the only time of day there's a voice of reason on Fox News, who pointed <laughs> out among the many things that Donald Trump got wrong, here is one of them, Congressman. The president calling, uh, also criticizing ridiculous partisan investigations. If there is going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war and investigation. That's factually incorrect. Those two things can coexist. And today, the House Intelligence Chairman, Democrat Adam Schiff of California, announced his plans for investigating President Trump. Right. So uh, <laughs> the, the president this morning, of course, or yesterday, he said, oh, Adam Schiff is nothing but a political hack, and this is nothing but presidential harassment. That's what, yeah. that's what we call yeah. it. Right. Now, the, the, the proof will be uh, in the actual work that is done. Already, we've, the, the witch hunt uh, from Mueller has resulted in uh, numerous guilty pleas and indictments. Uh, the web of deceit and probable illegal activity. Um, and Adam is uh, very professional. He's very measured. He's a former prosecutor. Um, and I think uh, it will be something that's going to add to the process. In fact, uh, the president had it exactly wrong. If we don't have accountability at the highest levels in our government and transparency, uh, then it's not going to work. Well, he basically threatened Democrats not to hold any in hearings or not to hold any investigations, uh, which um, um, I think yesterday the speaker and Adam Schiff and others said, well, guess what? We're going to go ahead and do our – you have a certain responsibility under the Constitution. Uh, Article 1 is Article 1 for a reason. Absolutely. And it's interesting, I think, uh, watching uh, what has happened. Uh, I think – Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic leadership, and I will say uh, this large and diverse group of Democrats, including so many new folks, have been focused, mm -hmm. and they've, they've been measured, and they've been on measure, not getting distracted uh, by uh, Trump's uh, verbal, I mean, words fail in terms of describing it, and, and uh, his whole uh, shutdown collapsed. He uh, uh, was defeated. I don't think he's going to venture down that rabbit hole again. Well, I was going to ask you that. I mean, he did not mention the word shutdown during the speech, even though it was his shutdown for yep. 35 days. And this is uh, his speech was delayed because of the shutdown. And his speech takes place in this very short interim between, maybe, between shutdowns. Do you think there will be another shutdown? I think not. Uh, we've had a, a situation where we watched the increasing discomfort of Republicans who've enabled him. Mitch McConnell, who wouldn't put before the Senate provisions that we passed in the House that had previously been passed by a Republican Senate. Unanimously. Um, yes. Um, uh, and you watched, you know, they, they lost six uh, senators here. There was growing unease in their Republican conference. Um, and it was clear that if he had moved ahead, he would lose more Republicans. Uh, they're starting to wake up to the fact that they're going to be held accountable uh, sooner than some of them would like mm -hmm. uh, for enabling this 
reckless behavior. Um, the I don't think Republicans really want to do that. And Trump understood that he took a huge hit with the public. Uh, I don't know what uh, mechanism he's going to use to claim victory. I don't care what he calls it, uh, but he's not going to get a wall, and I don't think we're going to have a shutdown. Democrats give no money for the wall. Well, there's no reason to. Uh, This is largely symbolic, a part of what I wrote in my alternative State (laughs) of the Union. We have the highest level of border security we've ever had, and there are real things we could do. There are drugs and guns that are coming into the country, but it's at ports of entry. These are things that we ought to have some uh, technological fixes. We ought to have more uh, capacity at these particular pinch points. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to play a game with a wall that won't be built, that shouldn't be built, uh, is a, a huge distraction. Now, in addition to um, investigations and uh, oversight hearings, uh, the Democrats in Congress, uh, under leadership of uh, Speaker Pelosi, um, have uh, an agenda of things they want to get done this year. You've got some bills out there I want to talk to you about. Uh, We saw one of them introduced, actually, I think it's actually going to be introduced today. The lead sponsors are... uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Ed Markey, but you're part of that group as well, with this calling a Green New Deal. What's that all about? Why? How important is it? Well, I think it is important to lay out clearly what the aspirations are. Now, there and by are, the way, on, coming on the wake of NASA yesterday yeah. telling us we just had the fir- four hottest years in history were the last four years. So climate change is real. Well, and your uh, home state of California has been devastated uh, by droughts, by fires, uh, unprecedented. Um, The news uh, coming out of this polar vortex, I mean, all of these are consistent with what science has been telling us for two decades that's going to happen. Um, right now, the biggest infrastructure program in the United States is disaster relief. Mm. We're mm. spending billions of dollars, uh, and it's, a, it's going to be a losing battle if we continue to uh, increase the carbon pollution. Uh, yes, there are details to be filled in. I, I'm very comfortable with that. We helped write uh, the agricultural provisions. We need to have a different way of looking at our food and farm policy uh, in terms of carbon emissions, in terms of nutrition, in terms of who we pay to grow what. Uh, we continue to pay too much to the wrong people to grow the wrong food in the wrong places. Uh, we can reduce carbon emissions. We can have greater water efficiency. Um, and it's, it's, there are resources that we are spending now that are um, inefficient and enriching the wrong people. Uh, The Green New Deal uh, is a a statement of where we need to go. Uh, We'll fill in a lot of the details. Um, We're gonna be doing work on infrastructure, for instance, that will be consistent with that. But I think it's very healthy uh, to be able to lay out a vision uh, that challenges- Is it realistic, 100% uh, from energy from renewable energy sources and basically a fossil f- getting away from fossil fuels entirely um, it is realistic the the goal uh, is mm-hmm. uh, is uh, tight to say yeah. the very least but bill we've watched 
what we have done with actually minimal government investment compared to what we did uh, winning World War II, what we did getting out of the Depression, uh, what we've done in the past with the moonshot. Um, if we were to employ the same sense of urgency dealing with the transition to renewable fuels, which actually now are getting cheaper. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper to build solar and wind than coal. Um, were we to do that, that is within our capacity. Um, and in doing so, it would create massive economic opportunity, uh, sources of jobs for uh, people who are watching uh, jobs disappearing in other sectors, uh, and ones that don't hurt the environment, they help it. Right. Uh, one thing that's part of the uh, renewable, I mean, I'm sorry, of the Green New Deal I was reading this morning is this, uh, and this has gotten some attention already, quote, a guaranteed job with a family-sustaining wage, adequate family medical leave, paid vacations, and retirement security for every American. A guaranteed job for every American? Not even FDR was able to do that. Well... I mean, I love the idea. Yeah, I'm, again, yeah. I'm getting how right. realistic. Well, as a practical matter, we have opportunities today to uh, to put people to work who who want jobs. The unfinished agenda. I just mentioned infrastructure. If we did what Ronald Reagan did uh, in 1982 in terms of moving forward uh, to make those sorts of investments, those that's a source of hundreds of thousands of family wage jobs. The move to renewable energy um, will be uh, already has more jobs than uh, coal. Um, you you don't get there without having a an ag aggressive goal. We just transferred two point over two trillion dollars, based on the Republican tax scam mm. uh, that doesn't pencil out. It enriches people who don't need it uh, and shortchanges people who do. Uh, changing the mindset to invest that money. How many jobs could be created with $2 trillion of unnecessary tax cuts? Um, and that's before we do adjustments in terms of carbon pricing, uh, in terms of actually, you know, in terms of energy. Why don't we actually have market rate leases for giveaways to big oil? Um, husband the resource, right. treat it right, change the direction. Instead of the oil depletion allowance, which oh, we've had for, 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 for so long. Uh, on the agricultural area, again, Congressman, one of the uh, areas, one of the aspects of it that you've been working on for a long time and we've talked about is cannabis. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. Now, more and more states have come along. And 47. With some... Form of legalization, 47. Either medical or recreational, That's insane, correct? man. Yeah, That's amazing. 47, right. But how many recreationals? About a dozen so far? Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, I want to say 14 now and increasing. Right. We're watching what's going to happen in uh, Illinois and mm. New York. That's probably going to be enacted uh, by the legislature. Mm -hmm. uh, As opposed to an initiative, uh, right. That's right. right. We... Uh, we had another un, uh, adult initiative approved in Michigan, um, uh, and uh, of course medical in Utah and Missouri this last election. Uh, but 47 states now have some form of 
state legal cannabis. Uh, so you have uh, legislation coming out fixing federal cannabis policy. Is that does that mean a national uh, okay for well, we, standards for selling or whatever? <laughs> what do we our, need to do? Our, our approach uh, is to treat cannabis like alcohol. Allow the states to regulate it as they see fit. Uh, there ultimately will be a national cannabis tax mm -hmm. to help fight the black market, but stay out of the way of what the states are doing. Uh, we are proposing that, in fact, there's going to be a hearing next week to eliminate the insane policy of denying legal cannabis businesses access to financial services. And that is teed up and ready to go. Uh, we have bipartisan legislation. Well, the oh, the problem over there is, is that these, so you legalize it, <coughs> pardon me, for recreational use, and you have these shops or whatever, and they can't get loans from banks, right, because of federal policy. Well, I mean, they, they can't get a bank account to pay their checks. There are yeah, millions I mean, of ridiculous. dollars uh, every month that are spent in tax, uh, paid in taxes <laughs> with shopping bags full of $20 bills. <laughs> I mean, it really cripples yeah, their efforts. Insane. But there right. are, Bill, there are so many of these little things that we want to fix. Right now, if somebody declares at the border that they use cannabis, they can be denied entry to the United States for life. For life. And this is our northern border as of October 17th. Uh, it's legal in the country of Canada. Mm -hmm. Not just right. medical, but uh, adult use. And somehow we'll... So we, that technically no Canadian could enter the United States legally if they had ever well, smoked pot at all. If they admit it, admit they it. can be denied entry for that's life. A, that, that's, God, that's and insane. for some people, as you know, because California pioneered this in 1996 with medical marijuana, uh, this is uh, in some cases being able to control epilepsy. Uh, it's it it's what helps with some of the the extreme seizure disorders for little babies where they're just tortured with with in some cases hundreds of seizures a day uh, that we would deny them entry to the United States for medicine that is essential for their health. And what about the <clears throat> federal um, law enforcement policy that it is? Recreation is marijuana still classified class one drug? And it is a schedule one controlled substance uh, like heroin and LSD. Uh, that the federal policy is no uh, therapeutic value and highly addictive. So it's would, just a lie. Would you bring? Would you allow the states also, from a, a legal point of view, to decide what they want to do? In other words, you can't have the Justice Department sweep into a state. Where well, a state is okay. Well, well, we are working now uh, to control federal interference. There is a provision that uh, that prohibits the federal government from spending money enforcing uh, prohibition on medical marijuana, and we're going to expand that. But ultimately, we should deschedule marijuana. If we were doing the Controlled Substance Act over again, marijuana wouldn't even be on it. But mm -hmm. tobacco would be Schedule One because yeah. it's highly addictive and deadly. Right. Uh, just about a, a minute left, Congressman. One uh, other I issue or item that the president did not mention in the State of the Union is gun safety. Is that a priority for Democrats this year? Absolutely. And we had candidates across the country embrace it. We had a massive outpouring of support 
on Capitol Hill yesterday. But candidates <laughs> were talking sense about uh, gun safety, uh, embracing it, uh, and it turned into it's no longer you know sort of the hot it's a hot button issue to avoid it. People are tired of pretending there's nothing we can do. States that have more robust gun safety laws are safer states, and we're going to have the federal government line up behind it. Yeah, I think I saw a number where something like 14 members of Congress had a F rating, new members of Congress, had an F rating from the NRA and I, got elected. I, uh, I proudly wear my F button. <laughs> have you seen John Yarmouth's coverage? I've, I've got one. You've got one, right? He, he was in. He gave us all an F button, too, right? Good to see you, Congressman. Thanks for being out there in front on so many so many important issues and fighting the good fight for all of us. Enjoyed the conversation, Bill. Congressman, how can people follow you at, I see, at Rep Blumenauer on Twitter. That'll do it. At Rep Blumenauer. You can keep up with us. I mean, he's always shaking things up. Uh, thank you, Congressman, for coming in. And when we come back, Ginger Gibson joins us from Reuters to take a look at the political scene for the day. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, friends, don't be a stranger. Keep up to date with all of the Bill Press Show happenings around the clock on social media. Here's how. You can follow us on Twitter at BP Show or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Bill Press Show and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. You better not investigate me, said Donald Trump in the State of the Union. And Democrats yesterday said, oh, yeah, big deal. Here we come, ready or not. Hello, everybody. On a Thursday, February 7, here we are, The Bill Press Show, back together again. And uh, we appreciate the fact that uh, you are here with us today on online, on the radio, and on television to take a look at the news of the day, analyze it all, uh, and um, figure out what it means to you, to you and your family and your community. Uh, we're coming to you live from Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C., in our studio, uh, right in the heart of the action, just down the street from the United States Congress. Uh, a lot of, a lot of um, still leftover comment about the State of the Union yesterday and the big announcement that drove has driven the president crazy. He's been tweeting about it all morning, uh, that Democrats defied his um, demands or his threats to, for, for them not to hold any schedule, any investigations, schedule any hearings. Uh, Congressman Adam Schiff, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, saying yesterday, well, we've got... Uh, a big investigation already that we're announcing today to look into uh, Russia's meddling in the 2016 election and into the president's financial ties, long-standing financial ties, to with Russia and Saudi Arabia. All of, and then we got a little action on the uh, 2020 front coming up this weekend as well. On top of all of that, for us, Ginger Gibson, political correspondent at Reuters, uh, 
It's kind enough to come in this morning. Hi, Ginger. It's good to see you. Good morning. You've been on the road, and you're about to go on the road again. I huh? have been, yeah. I went to Iowa already. I head to New Hampshire and Massachusetts this weekend. Elizabeth Warren will officially announce her campaign on Saturday morning in Lawrence, and then head to New Hampshire to hold a campaign event. All right. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren, who is, uh, has been on a little kind of apology tour of her own, which we will definitely talk about. So we'll bring you up to date on all the latest here with Jim Gibbs Gibson. Look forward to hearing from you and your comments on Twitter at BP Show. But first. This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. You know, when you think of the armed services these days, you think of the Army, you think that we've gotten smarter at fighting wars. It's not all about, you know, hand-to-hand combat or anything like that. It's more behind computers and, and drones and all of that. Well, the Army is about to change that. They are developing a new, more grueling and complex fitness exam to try and make their soldiers more combat ready. They are adding deadlifts, power throws, and other exercises designed to make soldiers more fit and ready for combat. They said I thought they're already in pretty good shape. Uh, well, here's I, I, I would have assumed so, but commanders in recent years complained that the soldiers are getting out of basic training and they are not fit enough. Not staying fit, huh? They are I not guess. staying fit, yeah. yeah. They, they come through basic training, they make it through, but they haven't actually, you know, uh, uh, they're not as fit as they should be for, for military. So that is all about to change. They're about to make the fitness test a lot harder. So, like I said, start working on your de- deadlifts and your power throws <laughs> if you want to join the Army. Uh, you know, the Simpsons have been around for a long, long time. 32 seasons. Is 32 that right? seasons. Whoa. Yeah, like I grew up with the Simpsons. Yeah. It's always on TV. Well, uh, yesterday they announced they have renewed it for two more seasons. Uh, is that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been around as long as it has, and they're going to do uh, two more seasons with all the same characters and the voices that they've had uh, this whole time, which means uh, by the end of the new period that they have re-upped for, the Simpsons will have been on TV for 713 episodes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if you missed, you know, all the right. earlier seasons, just, you know, you can binge them. You can watch all of those. Uh, that's that's more than Married with Children, isn't it? That's more than Married with Children. Oh, I wish <laughs> they would bring that back. Oh, yeah. My favorite TV show. Yes, exactly. As one person from uh, The Simpsons said, watch your back, meet the press. We're coming for you is the longest running <laughs> TV show. No, don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. This is the Bill Press Show. Chaos in Virginia as not just one, not just two, but now all three statewide elected Democrats are in trouble. And who knows how that's going to end up. Hello, everybody. What do you say? On a Thursday, February 7, here we are, the Bill Press Show, live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. And from here, we reach out to you and join you wherever you are in the United States of America and around the globe Joining you online, on television, on the radio, thank you, thank you for joining us today With uh, on a busy news day. Lots to talk about. We say there is never a dull day in the Trump world, um, whether it's happening here in Washington 
or just across the river in Virginia. <laughs> Lots to talk about today, just th- that alone. Uh, helping us out this half hour, Ginger Gibson, who is political correspondent for Reuters. Hi, Ginger. It's good to see you. Good morning. So uh, you've been on the road with, uh, with just, just to get away from Virginia for just a second. <laughs> I woke uh, up there, so yeah. I had to get oh, you away. woke up there. You live in Virginia. <laughs> All right. We'll start there. What's going to happen? I wish I knew, right? I, I think that it is a political crisis like one we haven't seen before to have not just one, not just two, but three of the top elected officials uh, in a state. It is a state that it holds uh, their governors to one term limits. Um, so there is no question of running for reelection. Uh, but I, I, I think which, that- which is sort of is a, a little insurance policy for Northam. I mean, that helps. Northam, in that it, sense. There's a guarantee that he's gone uh, no matter what they do right. in, in two right. years. Um, so a little over two years. So um, I I thought I I was uh, I thought after that press conference this weekend he was going to no longer be the governor, and I'm surprised he's still there. Um, so. Well, we all thought that he would no longer be the governor and that uh, Justin Fairfax would step in, and so the Democratic Party had just a little hiccup, right? And we'd have this new rising star of the Democratic Party, and then he's hit with... Uh, actually, maybe, uh, no, I'd say actually a more serious charge of sexual assault because it's a criminal charge. And and it happened recently, right? So we're talking about 2004. 2004, but m- m- a lot more recent than... Than 84. In 1984. Um, uh, one of them I was alive for, one of them I wasn't, if we're going to use that as a measure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you know, uh, uh, I think that, that that's sort of also... And the woman, a, the alleged victim right. yesterday put out a statement which was pretty detailed. Very and, graphic and, and detailed, very graphic. yes. And, and in a serious uh, accusation of sexual assault in a hotel room back in 2004... Which you can't just dismiss, no. right? I mean, hard, hard to prove, hard to disprove. But that's hanging out there, and she may actually end up filing a criminal lawsuit against him. So then we thought, well, okay, the top two fall, but we're still in good shape in Democrats in Virginia because we've got Mark Herring, the attorney general, also a Democrat. Many thought should have run guy. for governor to begin with. Exactly. Should have run for governor in the first place, and then... He steps out yesterday and said, guess what? I did the same thing Ralph did. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, he, look, I guess, let me ask you that. I believe he gets some credit for handling it better than Northam did. He did handle it better. I mean, I think that was one of the things about Northam, which is in the first 24 to 48 hours, had he handled it well, um, he probably might have been able to weather this to some degree. That press conference he gave showed an so inability bizarre. to respond in a crisis, right? Uh, my husband, uh, who's decidedly not of the political persuasion of either of these uh, men, said, you know, it was just made you ask what would happen in a, in a non-personal political crisis, in a, in a crisis of the state, in a crisis of the government, how would he how would he respond then? And I think that was really what undid the, him. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a bit of an understatement. The, the, the blackface part of the scandal is obviously very, very bad. But there have been racist people or who have engaged in racist behavior in the past who have found some redemption and done, you know, good work. I think of like Robert Byrd, who was a literal member of the of the Klan, and then went on to become a very successful, LBJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, Senator uh, LBJ, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you have to say that LBJ did so much for civil rights in this country, and absolutely came from a very racist uh, past. So I don't think that the blackface thing would have killed Northam 
But you're right. How can you as a Virginian have any faith that he can handle any sort of crisis at this point? I mean, that's the big question. You you start to go, what happens when the crisis is not about you, when the crisis is about yeah. um, something else? And and I think that, um, you know, again, if he could run for re-election, we would be saying, no way he gets re-elected um, on that. But he doesn't. So he he was a lame duck the day he took office. And that, that may help him weather a bit. Right. Some of this. Uh, it, yeah. And you do. I mean, I, I'm not excusing it at all, but we are talking Virginia and we are talking um, as part of the South. And I mean, if you, you you look, it's not just politicians, corporate leaders today, teachers, university professors, doctors in that culture. There are a lot of people who I, look where, where I grew up in a segregated town in Delaware, which was north, but a southern state, um, north of Virginia, but a southern state. You know, we had minstrels in when I was a little, little kid. Uh, where people were blackface, and they were minstrels, which were, I mentioned this this morning to Peter and Ray, which were fundraisers for the Catholic Church. I grew up in the rural South. I saw people wear blackface. I saw the Klan. I mean, I'm a woman in my 30s. Um, I remember this happening. Not that to, long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah. Um, so, and so it's it's not, we're not that far removed. From, from Jim Crow. From Jim, we, yeah, it's amazing right. how little we've moved from then right i i I just have to throw this in because i I missed this early this morning but the new york times has a story this morning uh, a virginia police sergeant who was assigned to monitor protests related to governor ralph northam's racist yearbook photo has been suspended because he has ties to white nationalist groups Mm. Mm, i didn't see that either yeah right so uh so who knows how they're going to sort it out but in a perverse way um it could be that because all three top Democrats are sort of ethically wounded here, that might help all three of them to survive. It could. It could. It also could open up the most wide open governor's race in America. Oh, in totally. Totally. So um, uh, and, both parties putting forward brand new. And let's candidates. say that they're still in office, right? That that they, the Democrats, there's no. First of all, short of impeachment, unless they resign, you can't get rid of them. Right. And, uh, and the Constitution of Virginia says it has to be a crime in office, right? Crime so, in office, right. Yeah. So it would be hard to impeach. Uh, so let's say they still are in office. What impact will that have on the state legislative races in Virginia this year? It's a really good question. I think that we saw stories yesterday about the kind of people who went out and campaigned for uh, candidates in Virginia in the last elections. Uh, if you're a liberal-minded person who wants to change the the state, or you're worried about your governor having another scandal, uh, you want the House to be then the Assembly to be controlled by Democrats, of which it is not right now by a one-vote margin. But if you're disgusted with the leadership and you're like, "This is a mess. I'm I'm tired of this," you could see um, Republicans pick up seats in that chamber. So um, it'll be a big question, and I, and I think it's going to make it very hard for Northam to campaign for his party. Someone else is going to have to do it. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think people will not be inviting Ralph Northam to their fundraisers, right? No, no. Um, so we've been talking about so many uh, candidates jumping into 2020. Every once in a while, there's a candidate who jumps out of 2020. 
Uh, the latest, it appears to be, is the mayor of a uh, former mayor of New Orleans, Mitch Landrieu, yesterday, who said, it looks like I'm not going to do this. You know, I talked to his folks. I'm from there. So I, I, I lived in the New Orleans suburbs. Um, I, I think that you're from everywhere. You live, live in New in, Orleans. You live in Virginia. <laughs> I lived in Delaware. You lived in Delaware. I lived oh. in Delaware. Look at Where? that. Uh, in Bear and then in Wilmington. No, yes. in Bear, Delaware. In Bear, Delaware. Not far from Delaware City. Not far from Delaware City. I went to school in Gunny Bedford in Delaware City. Did you really? I did. I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have gone to that high school. I was in middle school by the time I got there. Really? Yeah. 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 Whoa. All right. Look at that. God. Here went we to are. Padua High School in Wilmington. Did you really? I did. Well, yeah. my sister went to Padua. Yeah. Oh. Look at this. <laughs> One year. Uh, I've lived all over. Worse. You have brothers and sister here. <laughs> yeah, if, sister. if you tell me you lived in California when Bill was the Democratic <laughs> state chair, I'm going to really start to question I did, everything. I did not live in California. Okay. Uh, right, my in-laws right. live in California, but that's it. Okay. <laughs> so um, where I, I were think, we? <laughs> I think he, Mitch Landrew, Mitch Landrew um, sees others in the party who would do what he wants to be done, right? His calculation, I understood early on, was I'm going to run if I don't like anybody, but I'm not going to run if I think that there's someone there who can do a good job. And He's I think a good guy, too. I love him. Yeah, yeah, you know, did a lot, took the statues down, took the statue down in Lee Circle, took the statue down on Robert E. Lee Highway um, in in the in Lakeview in, in New Orleans. I, those were big, big things. You know, when I was growing, I went to high school there, and, and you would drive around, and you never imagined a day uh, that they would come down, and they, they have. Um, yeah, right. Um, and it's Eric Garcetti, of course, mayor of Los Angeles, also decided. Pardon me, deciding not to run this I, year. I think that this, you know, these two decisions speak to um, something we're seeing in the Democratic electorate, which is they want someone with experience. They want someone who knows how government works. They don't want someone who's going to learn on the job. Um, you know, that was a problem they thought that Obama had was that he had a little bit too much learning on the job. And they look at this White House and they say there's been there's been yeah, no learning right. on the job. Um, so we can't have someone like that. And they really they don't want their Trump. They want an old hand, a veteran that can come in. It may be can still be a young person. I'm not saying they have to be old, but someone with experience running governments working in government knows how it works. All right. So one person who is definitely going to jump in on Saturday uh, is Elizabeth Warren, who can't seem to shake this American Indian thing. I mean, she has, talk about not handling something well, right? That's, that's right. We have a, have a story today uh, uh, in Reuters uh, where one Democratic strategist told me they're just, it's just malpractice, um, that they're not handling this, that it continues to come up. This has been plaguing her since 2012, um, and it's just sometimes it's it's its own goals. She's committing her own fouls uh, and messing this up, and then a failure to sort of respond uh, when it comes up out of her own control. So here she is again, yet again, yesterday. How many times does she have to do this? Apologizing for the latest document that surfaced, which was when she passed the bar in Texas. To, uh, she fills out this form, ethnicity, American Indian, uh, and so here she comes again. I am also sorry for not being more mindful of this uh, decades ago. Tribes and only tribes determine tribal citizenship. Yes, right. So how did this start in the first place? This was this I found fascinating. She points out here's how she here's why she started talking about this. When I was growing up uh, in Oklahoma. I learned about my family the same way most people do. My brothers and I learned from our mom and our dad and our brothers and our sisters, and those were our family stories. 
Now, I find that unbelievable, right, that she would take the fact. So uh, let, let me, uh, let's go up Delaware City. I want to come back to my roots. So growing up in Delaware City, our grandfather, one, I never knew my other grandfather, but grandfather I knew, we would always have, Granddad, where'd you come from? And he would always tell this BS story about being an American Indian. <laughs> I remember he would unbutton his shirt and he would say, Look, do you see any hair on my chest? No. Did you ever see an American Indian with hair on his chest? No. That was it. We're America. And, but, but, you know, so I heard that story. I didn't believe it. I think that, you know. I that, was six years old. I didn't believe it. I think that. She's that, a senator. She's telling this family story. There is an American um, sense of you are where your ancestors came from, right? Uh, I'm half Mexican-American. I'm half white on my dad's side. Oh, where did you come from? Oh, or English or Scottish or whatever, right? And and I don't know. We've been here since before America was a country. So, right, where, where do we come from? We came from America. But there is this, like, American experience where we want to tell people where our ancestors came from. And I think that was part of what we saw coupled with a lack of understanding about what it means to be Native American and what it means to describe yourself as and Native just, American. De- declare yourself and, a Native American. Yeah, when it's a proud people who they decide who's Native American. They decide. Right? No one's side, you know, the, the, the experience of, say, being an Irish American or an Italian American is not the same. No. And it, right. it, it, it sees them that she was thinking about them, at least in her youth and her family, as the same, right? Well, if this person's Irish American, I'm Native American, right? And that's not what it was. And that's why we see her um, saying yesterday again, I spoke with the tribes, I spoke with the chief. I understand now that this is tribal sovereignty, that this is not the what I thought it was, that I made a mistake. Um, and, and I think, again, we get to what the electorate wants, though. Um, the biggest problem she's now going to have yesterday, today, apologize, apologize under her name. And the electorate doesn't necessarily want someone who's going to get in the gutter with Trump, but they want someone who is going to be able to take his, at least take his incoming, which they felt Hillary Clinton couldn't, right? And if, and if you're apologizing and you can't take incoming right now, uh, that's going to hurt your standing with the electorate, I think, at, at this point. I think she sort of showed that she can't take the incoming because he's been calling her, you know, the Pocahontas. And she's she went there and had the DNA test, and then now she can't. Shake it. So um, that could be her Achilles heel, right? Or is or her Achilles heel maybe. Her. I mean, we have to remember that in the Democratic primary, the difference between <laughs> policy is going to be like two inches, right? Yeah, like there's just yeah. not a lot of variety. And so when you don't have a lot of policy variety, style, uh, tone, uh, image is going to matter maybe more than it should, but it's going to matter. Um, and I think that the electorate is going to have some questions about how she's handling Trump in this in this instance. Which is why I think so far you have to give props to Kamala Harris in terms of a rollout. I mean, there are, uh, I, I saw a poll this morning where something like 50% of Californians think she should run for president. 48% don't think she's quite equipped. But that may not matter, right? She certainly had a very impressive rollout. And I think that this process allows people to make the case, right? So so this all is like a big job interview. Um, and, yeah, that's what and, the primary is. And it's what it is. And, and so um, unsurprising that in the start, even your own electorate wouldn't know if you're ready for that promotion. Um, the... The, it is how she handles 
things like, you know, yesterday she got asked about this Elizabeth Warren. She didn't take the bait. Uh, mm-hmm. She didn't go after Warren. She called it a distraction. Um, when does she need to take the bait and go after her opponents is going to be the next question. Uh, when does, How does she answer criticism about herself? And these are all part of the process, I think. Right. Uh, someone else we think expect to jump in this weekend. Uh, yet another United States senator. <laughs> They're not going to be able to get a quorum pretty soon uh, down the street here because too many senators will be out campaigning for the Democratic nomination. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, does she have? Is there a lane for uh, an Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota? A huge lane. You should be watching her very closely. I think really? that she's yeah. got a tremendous amount. Of potential. I went out with her in Minnesota during her Senate race in October. Um, she's very good on the stump. She's very good at retail politics. Um, that's going to help her in Iowa. Um, and she increased the Democratic margin in Minnesota over by, Hillary Clinton by 20 points or she, so, she didn't she? She won by 24 points. Clinton won Minnesota by one or two. Yeah. Um, she has uh, policy substance. Um, you know, someone said to me the other day that that we who watch a lot of Senate hearings, uh, that she's one of the only senators that listens to someone's testimony instead of just reading the questions that she's been given, will ask questions dependent upon the answer that they got in the previous question. Hmm. Um, she's got a lot of policy depth, um, and I think that's going to help her. I also think that we in Washington might be underestimating how much of the electorate wants a really boring nominee. They don't want someone who's going to be loud and flashing. They want the White House to be occupied by a calm, stable force. Um, and I think that she is going to potentially fill some of that space, but n- still have charisma um, and still have the ability to go out and, and get people excited. Uh, it looks like everybody who's announcing has a rap, right? I mean, we talked about Elizabeth Warren, uh, with the uh, Native American thing. Uh, Kamala Harris has had, had some her questions raised record. about her prosecution yeah. record, right? Uh, and then we got Joe Biden, of course. He'll have his issues. I mean, uh, with Amy Klobuchar, the rap this morning is that she's hard to work for. She's a terrible and boss. Terrible boss. Rumor, and yeah. it was hard hard to find any consultants who are willing to run her campaign because she's got such a record of firing people. She does have a record of firing people. She no longer has the highest turnover in the U.S. Senate, but she used to oh. have the highest turnover in the U.S. <laughs> who Senate does? for a long time. I think it's Kennedy. Last I looked, it was oh, Senator God, Kennedy. Oh, God, really? Um, that could be in part because everyone thought he was going to go run for governor, so he felt like a short-termer, uh, which can sometimes make your turnover real high. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of criticism. We saw this piece in the Huffington Post uh, looking yeah. at some of it. It did quote some staffers that said, no, she's great. I really liked her. Um, yeah, I think that there's a big question there about how that gets handled, particularly in the setting of the primary. And if it's a gendered question, men who are terrible bosses are strong deciders. They're hard to work for because they're doing good things. Good women point. who are bad bosses are, we won't use the word that gets used to describe women who are bad bosses. So I think that um, I think the press has struggled with that, hearing those rumors and, and trying to figure out how to cover that uh, for that reason. Right. Um, so I don't know where we work this in, but um, we we, we got to get it in today here, which is <laughs> uh, TMZ yesterday. They're everywhere. Their cameras are everywhere. They find people. And we've been looking for OJ for a long time. They found OJ on the golf course in Florida, right? <laughs> or they, it was actually in a parking lot. Oh, in a yeah. parking lot. Well, Makes a sense. Was he running for the plane or something? <laughs> right. Uh, OJ and uh, TMZ, and they ask him about. Uh, so you know, uh, what about your buddy Roger Stone? You know, you've been, you've had some dealings with the FBI. Um, so, <laughs> any advice for Roger? Here is, believe it or not, OJ Simpson. 
know, I got raided by the FBI in Miami. 37 FBI agents, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I had more than dogs. I had kids there. They were a little traumatized. And my friend, he got raided too. For nothing, an SEC task force. They were wrong. You never heard another word about it after the media made a big deal out of them in there. So the FBI can be wrong, you know. But to try to compare it to El Chapo and Ben Laden, hey, man, Ben Laden was carried out in a bag, not walked out in handcuffs. So, you know, man up. Stop crying. Man, I have to say, I think OJ. Man up, Roger. Man up. I think OJ Simpson's a bad guy, but it is really nice to hear him again. Uh, You know, when you you ask him this, do you ever imagine that he's going to be the guy who gives you the Roger Stone sound? (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) It is so surreal. That's why we had that. Yeah, I saw that this morning, and it's O.J. Simpson weighs in on Roger Stone, and it's like, what? (laughs) What what world are we living? Well, I guess it's 2019. Nothing makes sense, so everything makes sense. All right. So back to 2020. So we've talked about some strong women candidates. Uh, We don't mean to neglect their Kirsten Gillibrand, but Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar, uh, three men who have not yet jumped in, Bernie Sanders, Sherrod Brown, and Joe Biden. Are we going to see all three? Sherrod Brown's in New Hampshire this weekend, so I will see him, actually, while I'm there uh, on his Dignity of Work tour. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's clearly a testing of the waters, seeing what it, it... it, it, the response and the reaction that he gets in an early primary state, uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, I, when I talk to folks who talk to folks who talk to Biden, um, they say that he really hasn't made his mind up yet, and I think that's true. I think that's true of Bloomberg. Um, I think oh, I are, should mention him. They too. are yes, both right. men who are are seriously weighing at this point. It's not like Klobuchar where we're like, ha ha, come have. Hot chocolate in the park on Sunday. Uh, well, we know what it's about, right? right, right. Um, this is people really sort of giving a, a real thought to what they're going to do. Um, Bernie, the the pulses that he's going to run, um, but you know he's lost a lot of staff that he had um, in sixteen. And and I think I've said this to you before. I think when the options were Clinton or Bernie, and it was sort of and no matter, a lot of people said, well, I like him better than her. But given ten options. Uh, people aren't going with him like they like they were before, right? Um, and uh, to, I find the fact that Joe that Biden uh, is taking so long to make up his mind. I mean, it reminds me of 2016, where again, I think he should have run in 2016, but it took that, and a lot of it was attributed to the loss of his son at the time. But whatever it is, he always seems to have, and I think maybe he feels burned because he ran before once he was forced to drop out. Another time he just simply lost, um, and he doesn't want to lose again. You know, I covered Bo when I worked at the News Journal, and um, I think that he, that was a tight family. I mean, he was very yeah. close to his son. Uh, he thought that his son was going to rise um, through the political ranks like he did. He was the attorney general. Um, I, I think it was very hard on them. I, I do think that it was, there is some regret that he didn't run. Um, I, but I also think that it's hard. Um, I mean, it's hard to put your family through that again. He has lost before. Uh, someone jokingly said to me that Biden's never won more than two counties on his own at a time, at a time. <laughs> um, which is true. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that um, he has the time, right? It's it's February. Um, we're more than we're like a year out from the Iowa caucus. I guess I'm just getting to the point where he's taken so long. I'm starting to think he may not run. And before I thought it was absolutely 100 percent he was going to run. I think if we get to the end of March, you can say that. 
Mm. I think he's got a lot of time. He's got that much time. I think time. he's got a lot of time. Does Bernie have that much time? Bernie's got a little bit of time. Um, I think that, you know, someone close to Biden told me he's doing everything he needs to do should he decide to, right? So they're putting things together. Bernie's putting things together. Um, I, Bernie's got plenty of time. Um, Sherrod Brown has said some things lately that that sort of sort of indicate that maybe he's looking to be more of a middle of the road than, you know, not as progressive as I as one might have thought he was. I think that there's a... Like he said something about Medicare for all, that it was not such a good idea or something. Yeah, he sort of, he, he I mean, if, if the space, I think the space in the Democratic electorate or the Democratic candidates on Medicare for all is going to be like a single payer universal health care to like a buy in option, a more expanded public option. There are going to be variations right. on the theme there. Variations sure. on the theme. Like I said, there's going to be two inches of difference in policy there, right? Um, although maybe some would say that's two miles. Um, but I think that he's trending the other direction. He won't be alone, right? I think that we are also forgetting a chunk of the candidate pool. That's coming in later, which is the governors and the former governors. So Hickenlooper, Inslee, and Bullock. Um, Bullock's mm. got a legislative yeah, session. Yeah, we haven't talked gotta, about the the three governors. Yeah, right. Bullock's got a legislative session. He's got to get through. Um, Inslee has a health crisis in his state. I think what might be delaying him a bit. Uh, Hickenlooper also not going to come. I think until the spring. Um, those guys are much more middle of the road. Even as Inslee tries to position himself as the climate change candidate um, than the senators are. Well, one little deadline they've got, which we discussed yesterday with Associate Inahosa from the um, uh, DNC, uh, is that the first debate is in June. Don't have a date yet. And uh, if they're not a declared candidate, they won't be on the debate stage. June's a long way away. Yeah. And if we remember back to 16 and 12, uh, Republicans missed the first debate. That was pretty common. Uh, there was a, quite a few who missed the first of their debates. Um, hmm. If you've got okay. money, if you've got a name, if yeah. you're Joe Biden, you can miss it and it wouldn't matter. Uh-huh. But I don't think we're going to see any of them wait that long. Or Michael Bloomberg, if you've got lots. I think if we're talking about candidates that haven't declared in June, it's a, it's one of those like uh, moments where we go, oh, no, we don't like anyone, any of the dozen of them mm-hmm. who run. Can we find someone else we didn't think of before? Um, yeah. I think by the time we get to June, we've, we've got a pretty set field. So all the way from Bear, Delaware, Gunning Bedford High School, just outside the Delaware City, Delaware, Padua High School, the Wilmington News Journal. I mean, you, you got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little time in New Orleans. And uh, okay, Ginger. And now in Virginia. Now in Virginia. So great to see you. People can follow you at Reuters, Reuters.com. Uh, and when we come back, from Delhi Coast, uh, Carolyn Fiddler, political editor and director of communications over there. Uh, joins us to carry the conversation forward. Thanks so much, Ginger. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. We'll be quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Bill Press Show. And here we go this Thursday, February 7, uh, the Bill Press Show live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, where we're brought to you today by the United Steelworkers and their international president, one and only Leo Girard, United Steelworkers, North America's largest industrial union representing over 1.2 million active and retired members. Thank you so much for joining us here uh, with this uh, last half hour to go to catch, bring you up to date on the news of the day, particularly on the uh, political front uh, from Daily Coast, the great uh, progressive website, Daily Coast, uh, the political editor and director of communications, Carolyn Fiddler. Carolyn, nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Good thanks, to be back. Thanks for uh, coming in. Yes, indeed. And follow uh, Carolyn and Marcos Malit 
Melitos, right? Melitsus. Melitsus. Okay. Melitsus. Melitsus. Okay, I know how to spell it more better than the pronouncement. Coes. Uh, Coes. It's just Daily Coes. Daily Coes. <laughs> at dailycoes.com. Uh, before we get jump into more stuff here, Peter, let's look back at uh, some of our comments from viewers and listeners so far. Yes, indeed. Lots of comments on uh, many topics. Uh, let's start. Uh, somebody chiming in just said they, how much they love uh, Earl Blumenauer, who was on the show earlier. He and is he's great. Very, he's he, great. They agree with you. He is the smartest <laughs> member of Congress, but he's also a straight shooter. Uh, on the Amy Klobuchar story that we were just talking about with Ginger Gibson, yeah. uh, the bad boss reputation can be an absolute killer. Everybody can relate to that. Uh, and mm. a, I mean, not me, of course. I can never. By the way, that, what we hear from what we hear, <laughs> the worst boss ever, ever is Donald Trump. Yeah, I, th- that's a very good point. I mean, look at the people that he's right who got close to him and they've been fired or he stabbed in the back. And apparently his style down at the White House, he just screams at people and curses them out. And, I mean, just yeah, look at his TV like show crap. and how he yeah. handled all that stuff. I also uh, want to uh, mention, we had a poll up yesterday, should we cancel all future televised State of the <laughs> Unions in favor of a written or submitted State of the Union, which was your idea, uh, Bill? Uh, 59% of you say yes, 26% of you say no, 15% of you have no preference. Uh, just a couple of comments on that. Uh, John says the State of the Union as it is now is more tradition than a necessity. When was the last time we heard, quote, we are in better shape than we could be, given the deep doo-doo we're in, end quote. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of people agree with you. It wasn't my idea originally. I'd love to take a, sure. a, a original credit <laughs> I should for say it's the idea you floated yesterday. But I, I, would, I would be willing to accept an alternative, which is uh, a State of the Union with no can guests. Oh, yeah, know, also and, that. And taking all that time to introduce the people that have nothing to do with what he's talking about or he, that he had anything to do to help. I also love the uh, comment from <laughs> Diane, who's in New York, says she agrees with you, but maybe for just the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a comment, find us on Twitter at BP Show. All right. All right, Carolyn, um, you are um, you can't escape today. <laughs> <laughs> um, you live in Virginia. You grew up in Virginia. You've always lived in Virginia, except when you went away for college for a few years. Uh, what the hell's going on in Virginia? Oh, and, and more than that, I got my start in politics in Virginia. I started working for the Virginia House Democratic Caucus when I was 20, so uh, longer ago than I care to admit. But uh, it's, it's, it's a bad situation, and that's kind of the understatement of the month, at least. Yeah, right. Um, do does Ralph Northam survive? Whether he does or not, that is still up in the air. Whether he should, no, he needs to go. He, uh, I mean, obviously his press conference on Saturday it was frankly obscene. Uh, his 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 statement on Friday was not good. He should have resigned. He definitely should have resigned on Saturday. Instead, he gave that disaster of a presser that was awful. Um, and, uh, and he, and he's digging in and that's, that's problematic for so many reasons. Obviously what he did was terrible. Um, and his defense to blackface was, I did blackface this other time. It was, it was, he just doesn't, he doesn't seem to understand I, the political reality of the situation. He no. has to go. I saw somebody, uh, say the equivalent of that was a saying, no, 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 I can't be the Philadelphia strangler because I'm the Boston strangler. Right. Basically. I mean, 
you know, it's, yeah, it, yeah, you know, without the actual murder, <laughs> yes, right? It's 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 remarkably similar. Well, you know, you talk about that press conference, and and we talked about this a little bit before. Uh, whether or not you think that the 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 blackface scandal uh, is is enough for him to resign, whether or not you agree with that, uh, I think you have to look at how he's just handled this in current day. Mm-hmm. And think, what is he thinking? What is he doing? Imagine if an actual crisis was to hit Virginia. Oh, God. Not just a personal yeah. crisis. Right, right. All right, so you and I agree on North America, he's got to go. So um, then we all thought, uh, at least we began by thinking, well, so what if Northam goes? We got Justin Fairfax going to step up as the uh, lieutenant governor. Nope. And suddenly he's nope. hit with sexual assault. So. Does he survive? No. 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 That statement yesterday from uh, from his accuser, uh, Dr. Tyson, <laughs> deal breaker. Um, and also, why on earth did he retain the same law firm that Kavanaugh did? Was he not? Would, did, would no she one did. else? No. No. She she got oh, uh, I'm Ford's sorry. firm. Oh. He hired Kavanaugh's. Did he? Yes. Oh, yep. Would no one else take him, or is he just that unaware of the optics? I don't know. Either way, after that statement from her, he has to go. There's no choice. He's done. Uh, is she? It looks like she hiring that law firm that she may follow up with. I mean, he may have a criminal lawsuit filed against him. Uh, soon. Possibly. I mean, the you know statutes obviously run on uh, on sexual assault, but um, uh, there may be other op- uh, avenues open to her. But she's at least you know trying to defend her 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 reputation and her life. Her life will never be the same. Okay. But you say he has to go, uh, meaning he should resign. Yes. Right. Um, if he doesn't. Uh, then, um, well, it's 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 a it's it's a black eye to, to Democrats all across the country, um, and also closer to, to home in Virginia. It's going to be a, a massive problem for Democrats on the ballot this coming fall. Right. R- Virginia has odd year elections, and the entire legislature is up this year, and Democrats are one seat away from the majority in the state Senate and two seats away from an outright majority in the state House. And uh, and it was looking good for them. But with this hanging over Democrats heads, this election, it's going to be a disaster. And more than that, Northam was supposed to raise six million dollars for the legislature for those elections for Democrats this fall. Mm -hmm. Now what? Yeah. He hasn't raised a dime. Oh, and he can't. No one can take his money. No. Uh, So then we have the third Democrat again. We thought, okay, well, if Northam's trouble and Fairfax is in trouble, at least we have Mark Herring, who's going to save us, the attorney general. Uh, the one clean yesterday we found out nope. that's not the case either. Uh, let me ask you the same question. Does Herring survive? That's a good question. His political career is obvi- is definitely truncated. Um, in terms of surviving, there's a larger issue. Demo- Virginians elected Democrats to run the Commonwealth. If Herring resigns, if all three resign, the Speaker of the House becomes governor. He is a Republican. Mm-hmm. Right. Virginians did not elect a Republican to become governor. Kirk Cox, yes. right? This is his name. Mm-hmm. Who became who uh, became speaker by a fluke, right? Because yes. there's one, we talked about this, one legislative seat, which was a tie. Mm-hmm. And they broke the tie by putting both, na- both names on a slip of paper or two slips of paper in a ceramic bowl mm-hmm. and pulled out the Republican name. Yes. Right. Yes. So- Democrats are going to allow all three elected officials to step down and have that Republican take over. See, that's that that's not what Virginians wanted. But neither do they want someone who, you know, dressed in black faces, you know, governor. So 
it's uh, it's complicated. And unless they resign, uh, uh, in, in Fairfax's case, if he were indicted, I'm sure that would. But but um, you can't boot them out, right? I mean, impeachment. Uh, based on uh, the way the state constitution's written, there's no malfeasance in office. If he dressed in blackface in office, <laughs> that would be a different matter. Um, I mean, there's a... So maybe the best possible outcome, and we don't know how it's going to play out, is Northam is out, Fairfax is out, Herring, a weakened Herring, takes over as governor for the next three years. Uh, potentially. Or uh, Fairfax could resign, Herring could resign, Um the governor, Northam, could appoint their replacements, and then he could resign, and then the replacements could get elevated. Right, right. Um, it's a mess. It is, it a is mess. such it a is mess. It is such a mess. So tired. And um, now, this is only February, but <laughs> uh, it's got, it has to be resolved pretty soon. Uh, As a Virginian? Yes. Um, right now, the legislators are in the middle of a what they call a short session in the odd years. It's, it ends on February 23rd. Um, and began in early January. It's uh, they're, They just went through crossover and all the bills go to the opposite chamber for approval. <laughs> and so everything is really tense in, in Richmond already. Um, these sessions are, all, are always very sort of breakneck uh, in terms of pace. And now with these massive distractions on top of everything, like things are things are nuts and uh, things are bananas in, uh, in Richmond right now. Uh, but, and the candidates for the legislative races for the House and for the Senate are already underway, right? I mean... Uh, yes. I mean, a lot of uh, so, a lot of challengers to Republicans have already declared, um, you know, obviously the, the many people running for reelection uh, who just got elected last. Uh, so last another reason to get this done, done. Right. <laughs> One way or the other. But it doesn't. It, it, it looks like Northam is going to is digging in his heels more and more every yeah, day. That's that's a problem. It's a problem for. He's also said that Democrats. he might leave the Democratic Party and just govern as an independent. <sighs> Not that that, by the way, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't help anything. anybody but him. It Correct. just helps him, right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it, in it, those terms, right, of what we're talking about, it doesn't look like Northam is is going to step down willingly, as of now, anyway. Um, and you've got all this other stuff going on. What could happen? I know you just asked about whether or not the impeachment. I mean, what could happen? Is this just keep moving with him as the well, governor? Here's, here's one thing that could happen. As Jake Tapper, and in a very perverse way, Jake Tapper suggested yesterday on CNN, um, now that that's not just one and not just two, but all three in a perverse way, here's Jake. I wonder if in some weird and bizarre way, the fact that all three of them are involved in scandals almost helps them keep office because why would this guy resign and not that guy? Why would that guy resign and not that guy? And the one who ultimately uh, would take their job if all three uh, had to resign, is the Republican uh, Speaker of the state legislature. Not saying that would be helpful for the Democratic Party in Virginia, no. but it could end up that way, too. Oh, it could. I really hope it doesn't. Um, it's, it's, it's terrible for Democrats long term, not just in Virginia, but everywhere, yeah. if, they, if they dig in and stay. Right. <sighs> well, oh, yeah. What, what's worse than... One polluted Democrat, three, right? But. I mean, this is one of those things that you just – there. I don't want to say there is not a clear answer, right? But it, well, there are so think many a clear different answer. factors right. that are playing into this that it, it's just going to have to 
we're just going to have to wait and see what these guys end up doing. I know. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, most people just feel, just get it done, fix it. Yeah, please. Fast. And so just rip, get it over rip, with. Rip, and, rip and, the like, Band-Aid off. Rip yeah. the, exactly. Rip the Band-Aid off and move on. A racist um, Band-Aid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. Band-Aids um, are racist, by the way. Yeah. Band-Aids are terribly racist. <laughs> They're all ba- the, the normal color of band aids. They're oh, terribly I, racist. <laughs> so saying racist band aid is actually what? pretty redundant. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I want to ask about a couple of things about uh, daily costs because you've made some a little bit of news lately. You you guys do a straw poll on uh, of all of your members. Yeah, who every two are weeks. Multiple, right? How many? What, what do you count? Oh, right millions now? and millions of people. Our last on our last straw poll, over uh, forty-two thousand of our of our members uh, of our community voted. Mm-hmm. Um, our largest turnout yet for a straw poll it was our third of the year. Uh, okay, looking at the twenty twenty announced candidates or just potential everybody? Right? Uh, not just every, not everybody. Uh-huh. Um, announced candidates um, and folks or likely, most. Uh, likely, and also uh, we call candidates based on how on performance the previous week. If you like. Uh, Tulsi dropped off th- this uh, this uh, uh, latest straw poll because she performed so poorly after she announced two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Uh, so it's a rotating. So some of the folks are recurring. Some of the folks are, are rotating. Um, like Which Clover people Tra- can see at DailyCoast.com, yes. right? All right. So uh, who, how, how, who came out ahead, or who, what are your what, who do your people like? Kamala Harris for the second uh, second straw poll in a row. In a row. Uh, Warren won the first one uh, six weeks uh, a month ago, um, and then Kamala Harris won. So you the, do it every two weeks. Every huh? two weeks. Yeah, Kamala Harris by yes. by by a lot. By a decent amount. She pulled twenty seven percent both times out of uh, you know nine ten uh, choices for folks. And uh, interestingly, this uh, most recent straw poll this week, the women candidates together pulled over fifty percent against the the four women that we had in the poll versus the five men. Pulled more than fifty percent collectively, whereas the men pulled <laughs> way less. Uh, um, where did Bernie come out? Bernie came out in third, mm-hmm. um, with uh, with thirteen uh, percent, maybe. Um, he and Biden have been vying uh, vying for third and fourth in, in several of our our polls recently. Um, so Tulsi Gabbard and Elizabeth Warren in that order is that? No, or, no, no. Or? Harris and Warren. I'm sorry, Harris, yeah. but not Tulsi, of course. No, <laughs> Harris, Harris, Warren, and then. Biden and Bernie. Mm-hmm. So that it, I mean, I would dare to suggest that Delicos it's a progressive, extreme audience, the, right? The nation's largest progressive com- online community. Yes. Okay, and that uh, Kamala would be Kamala Harris would be seen by them as the most progressive and the most likely to win of the candidates uh, so right, far. Right now, uh, there she's mm-hmm. the one that, uh, that that they favor. So. Does, does that mean that your audiences, uh, your followers, are are largely skewed toward California? Oh no, oh no, we're scattered all across the country, um, and uh, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty exciting to uh, to see the, the energy, the the fact that our poll's been growing and sort of uh, in uh, response rate uh, over the last month. No, it's, it's I think too. it's a good reflection, particularly yeah. of the progressive community out there. Right. So, um, not uh, I, I mentioned her name by mistake, actually. Not so fond uh, of Tulsi Gabbard, you're, you've, you've found. In fact, the organization? Uh, right. We uh, we endorsed her primary opponent uh, <laughs> for, her, for her house <laughs> seat yeah. in Hawaii. So, uh, yeah, uh, she her 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 she's a lot. She has a history of problematic stances on What's things. What's the beef? Uh, oh gosh, um, she's uh, not. She's just not a, a great progressive. She uh, and she loves uh, uh, the 
serious dictator, like we, for reasons we just don't understand. <laughs> so like she supports him somehow. Um, We're talking about Bashar al-Assad, yes. whom she went to see. Yes, and, yeah, it's, right. It's very odd. Um, yeah, she's just she's just she's uh, she's historically not been a great progressive. And Daily Coast is about electing not just more Democrats, but better Democrats. And uh, we have a chance in this race to elect a better Democrat. So. Um, you and I, you, you had, uh, we worked for a long time with the, um, I forget the exact name of the organization. The Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee. Legislative Campaign Committee, right. Dealing with state legislative races and governor's races. Uh, in terms of 2020, um, you know, both parties historically have done pretty well running governors as their nominee for president. Mm-hmm. You know, George W. Bush, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, right, on and on. Um, this year, where are the governors? Ah, uh, well, Terry hasn't made. Terry McAuliffe has not made a decision yet. You never know. Uh, he might see this as an opportunity. He might see, you know, it's not a year for a white guy, and stay out. Who knows? Um, uh, may not be the year for somebody from Virginia. <laughs> oh God! But but uh, Terry does not have that problem. Well, but Terry was uh, Terry had no embarrassments. No McDonald right. embarrassments. Yes. <laughs> Or them embarrassments. No, no. Terry was Terry a good. Terry was a good governor, and right. I think he'd. I've said this before. I think he'd make a really good candidate for president. But, you I know. think he'd be so much fun. Right, he would be. A lot <laughs> I, of fun. I always said I don't know if Terry McAuliffe was the best governor in America, uh, but no other governor had more fun right. <laughs> as governor. And than he Terry. did a lot of good stuff. He did no. do yeah, a lot of great stuff. He was a really, he'd really good governor. Candidate. That's hard to argue um, with. Uh, and others. Oh gosh, um, I mean there aren't there aren't a lot of uh, governors like looking uh, the I mean, ones Hick- that we hear about Hickenlooper, Hickenlooper uh, oh. Jay Inslee in mm-hmm. Washington State, yeah. and I can never remember his name in Montana, which means he's got a long way to go. Steve, <laughs> Steve Burke? Bullock, 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 yeah. not Burke, Bullock, right? <laughs> Although who knows, Steve Burke, whoever he is, could be running. He, he for might be. He might year. declare tomorrow. We have enough. <laughs> Steve, stay out. <laughs> Uh, but again, um, you know, is is this the cycle for for a white guy uh, to to lead the Democratic ticket? I don't know. The Daily Coast community is, seems to be leaning no um, at this point. It's very early, uh, but um, but yeah, maybe maybe these folks jump in. Maybe they don't. Uh, we'll know from a lot of them in a few months. Right. Uh, oh no. And the the Democratic National Committee is is. Um being very careful to design a stage that's big enough to hold 25 people. Well, you know, <laughs> what's interesting about the governors uh, that that are rumored to be getting in is none of them are exactly firebrands. Uh, none of them are, you know, liberal, progressive flamethrowers. And I, I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, whether or not this is a, a, a year for a white man, but I also wonder uh, if this is the year for uh, a level-headed, <laughs> not, I don't want to. I don't want to call any of them centrists because I don't think that's the case. But I mean, look, they, there is a lot of progressive anger out there, yes. and I think you saw a lot of Democrats swing farther left than than they used to be. Mm-hmm. You'd have a hard time finding somebody more progressive than uh, Jay Inslee from Washington State in, in, in many areas. And the other thing that governors bring—I mean, I'm not here promoting him or anybody else, but. Governors do bring some executive experience. Yes. You know, right. they have run a government. They've run a state. They've got a re- record. They, they, that, that's sort of the parallel to the job of president of the United States. Um, but this year it doesn't seem to be necessarily where the party, either party, is looking, certainly Trump, you know. Right. I, I the think Democratic Party. There's, so, and uh, historically, 
running as a United States senator has always been a problem. Again, because they don't have executive experience. Some of them don't have any experience, like <laughs> Barack Obama. And they, if they've been there a while, they have a record mm-hmm. that people can use against them, a, a, a legislative record, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily right, right, where they voted. Inevitably, there are votes that they're going to have to end up explaining. Sure. So I just find it curious that uh, there's not more attention paid uh, to governors. I think we're Jerry Brown. Ten years younger and the governor of California, <laughs> he'd automatically be um, uh, a contender. But I'll come back to your, your your statement, which I do not disagree with, but I hear from a lot of Democrats. I wrote a column disagreeing with the theory, but what I hear from a lot of people is, given the electorate today and Donald Trump's success in 2016, that the Democratic Party must have a white male as a candidate. Interesting. That a woman looking at what happened to Hillary, mm. that a woman cannot win. I mean, there are a lot of Democrats who believe that. I don't, but... <laughs> uh, it's, I find that, a, I find that a, just an odd statement. Uh, no, I, I think that's You I believe that's it false. has to be a woman at the top of the ticket? I don't think it has to be. I think a woman has to be on the ticket, absolutely. Um, I, would, I, think, I think there are a lot of good women candidates out there and a lot of good men absolutely. candidates, too. I think uh, there's uh, a real opportunity for a really interesting dynamic ticket and um, I would be shocked and frankly a little disappointed if a woman weren't on it. Uh, I certainly think you will not, I'd be willing to bet the ranch that there will not be (laughs) two men on a Democratic ticket this year. I hope you're right. And cannot be. Good to see you. Yeah, you Thanks too. for coming in. You can follow uh, Carolyn and all their uh, other good friends over at Daily Coast at dailycoast.com. It's as easy as that, dailycoast.com. And that's it for today, folks. The rest of the day is yours. Have a great <laughs> one and come back and see us again tomorrow because, you know, we'll be looking this for you. This is The Bill Press Show.